Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. I am Pastor Andrew Miller, and I am the pastor of Junior High Ministries here at Temple, and I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. The year was 2006, and a 24-year-old went undrafted into the NHL, but later on he was uh, able to sign up with the Minnesota Wild with an entry-level contract. The first time he was called up to join his team to play, he couldn't even join his team because he didn't have a passport as they were playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs. A month later, he was able to join his team as they played against the Detroit Red Wings. And it wasn't a very exciting game. He didn't do much. I don't even know if he was able to play. Three years later, as the years went on as in, with him in the NHL, he finally scored his first NHL goal. This man was by far not the best player in the league, and he was often traded around team to team to team. He actually even played for seven different teams in the NHL. He's known for being kind of a rough and tough kind of guy. He was a willing and able to fight. He would even jump the bench just to start a fight, which would lead to line brawls. Throughout his years in the NHL, he was suspended many times, and he just fought game after game after game. He got suspended for illegal hits to the head. He got suspended for many other things. And this guy was not known for getting any nice goals or making any nice plays. As a matter of fact, he only had five goals in his career in the NHL. But in 2016, John Scott had something crazy happen to him in his NHL career. You see, it was time for the NHL All-Star Game. And the fans were asked to vote for players who they thought should be the captains of the divisions. And he was chosen as the winner of this vote. Many sports fans and analysts were outraged. They were fired up. Why would people vote for John Scott? This guy is by far not an all-star. He should not be in any all-star game. People would send him letters to drop out. Do not play in that game. He said himself, I do not deserve to play in an all-star game. I am not an all-star. Please vote for my teammates. His team even traded him. And that team that he got traded to put him in the minors, which kind of made it so he wasn't even supposed to play. But the NHL announced on January 19th, Scott was declared the captain of the Pacific team. During the game, Scott scored two goals, led his team, and they went on to win the three-on-three style NHL game, All-Star game. He was actually named the MVP of the All-Star game, despite not even being wanted in the game. Despite people sending him notes to not even participate in it. And in November of that year, he went on to retire from the NHL. You see, like John felt, many of us have felt. We're not all-stars. We feel flawed. We don't, be, we don't deserve to be doing such a thing. The people we look up to in life, they do great things. And we feel like, that's not me. I don't live an adventurous life. I'm not an all-star. Some of us actually feel like we just live a very flawed life. We may feel so flawed that we feel like we aren't even doing anything. We're just kind of existing. We're just kind of here. But a flawless God uses flawed people. The Bible has many stories of flawed people that felt like a nobody, but were used by a flawless God to do some pretty wild things. Today we're going to be looking at a guy named David. We will see how a young man who was just a shepherd allowed God to use his power to defeat a giant. 
When we hear the words flaws in David, we may think of things like adultery or murder or many of the other things that David had done in his life, but we tend to ignore the flaws that we kind of see from the beginning of when we meet David. Flaws that some of us, we see in ourselves. Some of us have been told, you will never do that. You'll never be able to do that. You aren't good enough to do that. We've had people that don't believe in us. We have people who speak down to us. There's people in our lives that are so quick to point out our flaws. Flaws that make us feel like we will never reach up to people's standards of what they think we should be. And we start to believe those flaws, and then we start to find other flaws in our own life. We start to think we aren't smart enough, we aren't attractive enough, we aren't good enough, and the list goes on and on. And in David's life, we're going to see multiple times where people came up with the flaws in his life and don't even give him the opportunity that he deserves. But regardless, David continues to be obedient to a flawless God and the flawless God's call on his life. We're going to be looking at a story um, of David and Goliath. And if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel 17. 1 Samuel 17. Because in this story, we're going to see that David does three important things. You see, first he looks back to see the things that God has brought him through in his life. He's going to see what God has done in his life to prepare him for what's to come. Second, he's going to look to the future. He makes plans for his future. And third, he trusts and obeys God. You see, at this point in the story, David knows that he has been chosen to be the king. But it's not God's time for him to be king yet. Saul is still the king of Israel, and David spends some time with Saul, learning the ropes kind of thing, but he's still spending some time in his fields with the sheep. And you see, when Samuel was originally sent to Jesse, who is David's father, to find the next king, he tells Jesse, bring in all your sons. Notice that, bring in all of your sons. We see in that story that David's father doesn't actually even consider David and doesn't even actually bring him in as an option. And as a matter of fact, the word that is used by his father when he says to eventually call for David translate to not only the youngest, but the smallest, the least, the weakest. Imagine someone coming in to pick someone from your family for a position of authority, and your father not even consider you an option. Your father doesn't even call you in. I don't think you would feel all that important. I know I would start to think of all the flaws in my life, all the reasons why my father wouldn't think that I was good enough. In other times in our lives, we have all probably felt the way David did after not even being considered by his own father. Today, we pick up the story as David is in his father's fields looking after his sheep. Saul is preparing his army for a battle against the Philistines. We're in 1 Samuel 17. Look at verses 2 to 3. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle lines to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. Here we see the opposite sides. They're getting ready for a battle. They're kind of looking at each other from either sides that they have their camp set up on. They're studying each other. They're waiting to see which team is going to make the first move, which army is going to make the first move. They're seeing what flaws they can find in the other armies, the weak points. Where can we attack? Verse 4 to 11, we're going to see the Israelites start to get scared. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits in a span. That's about nine feet, nine inches. 
He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Here comes this beast of a man, Goliath, who's taunting Israel, challenging a person, come and battle me. Someone come, please. The loser of this battle would make their army become slaves to the winner of the battle. God's people here start to forget who's on their side. They're letting the Philistines scare them. And not only are they scared, they're actually terrified. It tells us that. They're not trusting God to fight their enemy. They were starting to get crippled by fear. Their fear began to take over them because Goliath is reminding them each and every day and each and every night that he is there and he is going to take, take them, beat them. And you see back, we see back to Jesse. Jesse starts to worry about his sons who are off, his, off at war. He hasn't heard from them in a little while. So he calls in his son David and he gives him some bread and some grain to take because he wants him to go check in on his brothers. And we see in verse 20 that David is actually a really responsible person. You see, in verse 20, it tells us early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up, set out, just as his father had directed. You see, David leaves someone to watch his sheep. That was a really smart move for him. And he actually is very obedient to his father as he does what he's told. As we go on to verse 25 there, 21 will pick up, Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. And David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. Here he hears Goliath taunting them. David, this young shepherd boy, hears and sees this huge giant yelling at them, shouting at them. He hears the giant mocking Israel, mocking the people, and mocking their God, the God that they serve. I think David at this point is probably looking around like, Who's going to fight him? Who's going to step up? Someone, come on. Who's going to step up and do this? But when he turns to look, verse 24 tells us that he sees them all running and hiding. He gets confused and starts asking them questions like, why isn't anyone fighting this guy? Why isn't anyone fighting this giant? Who's going to be the one to step up? He's confused why the Israelites didn't trust God's power. Why aren't they trusting God to help them fight this giant? Why are they doubting God? When we are faced with challenges in our lives and we focus on our flaws, do we rise to the occasion and do something great? 
Or do we just run and hide in fear? Here we see David, he looks behind him. Here we're going to see that David looks to the past. And he talks about the things that God has brought him through. God has helped him to have the power over in the past. Here the youngest, the weakest, the unexpected, the small shepherd boy steps up and says he's going to fight the giant. If we jump down to verse 32, verse 37... David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on the account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you were not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will, look, will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will be rescued from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go and the Lord be with you. When David is getting prepared to fight Goliath, Saul tells him, You can't win. Why are you even trying this? And his reason was that David was only a young shepherd boy yet again pointing out flaws in David's life. And then he goes on to to say about Goliath, well, he's been doing this his whole life. He's been doing this since childhood. Saul's basically just saying to David that Goliath is going to beat him all over the field. It doesn't matter what he does. David isn't even old enough to be in the army at this point. David says, though, that God will help him. God has helped him. God has helped him to kill the lions, the bears, with his bare hands, and he'll help David to win against Goliath. You see, David had been loyal to looking after his father's sheep. What he didn't know was that God was preparing him and getting him ready for this day. Just like God had given him the strength to protect the sheep, David's now going to be protecting God's sheep. You see, a flawless God is preparing flawed people for work that he has planned for you and I that we can never even imagine. You see, Saul allows David to fight Goliath And he gives him the armor to wear. It was so big that he isn't even able to move around in it. You see verse 40. Verse 40 says, Then he took the staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. Verse 40 shows us that he is getting ready here. He gets those smooth stones from the stream and puts them in the bag. He isn't picking up five stones just in case he missed once or twice. Here he's looking forward. Here he is preparing for the future. He made plans for the future and was ready for any trouble in advance. But here we're going to see that he still relies on and trusts in God for the battle that God is preparing him for and has prepared him for. Verse 41 to 44, we're going to start to see the approach. Meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath is mocking him, telling him, Go away, you're wasting my time. But David continues to trust God's power, and he shows no sign of fear. David answers him, In verses 45 to 47, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, 
the God of the, Israel, the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that this is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. You see, here David knew that on his own strength, there's no way that he's going to be be able to take on this giant. He's trusting the person who had given him the strength his whole life. The one who continues to be faithful to us today. Only through God's power that the enemies can be defeated. David wants to stand up here and show just how powerful our God is. And we're going to see that in verses 48 to 49. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. We see that David trusts God here. He grabs the stone from his bag, he puts it in his sling, he gets ready, winds up and launches it at, at the giant. And with God's provision... The stone hit Goliath in the middle of the forehead, and Goliath falls dead. From the times looking after his sheep, David had learned that God would help him with the confidence he needed to face any battle. He'd be able to run at Goliath and protect his people. Guys, we face something every single day that is an enemy to us. We're the underdogs to this, and that is sin. Every day we are tempted and we face sin. The Bible tells us that we have all sinned, but the good news for us is that Jesus already fought this battle for us. He died in the place for our sin. Jesus faced that giant for us already. We need to remember who is fighting on our side. When we feel like we are just a flawed person, when we feel like we lack faith, we aren't strong enough to do something, we need to remember that a flawless God has the power over everything and anything in our life. When we face hard times in our lives, we need to do as David did. We need to look behind us and see how God has been working regardless of the flaws in our lives. He's been preparing us for things that are going to come up. We need to look forward. We need to try and prepare for what is to come. We need to get ready for the battles that we will face. And we need to look up because we need to understand that we can't get through these things without the help of God. Maybe today you think your flaws make you someone that God can't use. But let me tell you, he can. We have opportunities to let God use us. But we need to start treating today, we need to start treating every day like it matters. Remember that God is preparing you for something better. God is preparing you for something big in your life. Do what you can every day to the best of your ability. You see, David was just like you and I. But he didn't let his flaws stop him. He allowed a flawless God to shape him to one day do something that he could have never imagined. Today, we need to let God show his power, and you can't even imagine what he'll make possible for you. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's no